Hello, and thank you for downloading episode 116 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Omnipod, the absolutely best tubeless insulin pump in the world, and not just because it's the only one, and by Dexcom, makers of the G5 continuous glucose monitoring system. And as you're about to hear, makers of the G6 coming soon, and the G7 coming soon, and a lot more coming soon. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to find out more about both of these amazing products. All right, listen, let's get right to it. This is Kevin Sayer's third visit to the podcast. The Dexcom CEO is back to talk about everything that Dexcom, you know, made public just recently in San Diego, California at the 77th annual scientific sessions from the American Diabetes Association. Today, Kevin and I talk about so much, I don't even want to ruin it. I don't even want to tease it. Just get right in there and find out for yourself about new apps, about new sensors, about new transmitters, about new inserters, about new phone... Oh my gosh, there's so much. Android is here, finally. Also, a lot of you left questions on my Facebook page, juiceboxpodcast.com and ardensday.com on Facebook. And I did my very best to ask Kevin all of those questions. So your questions are answered on this episode. Listen, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always please consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. Kevin is great. If you've heard him on the, uh, the podcast before, you know you're in for a treat. Uh, please do not be scared when a fighter jet flies past his office window early in the podcast. Other than that, let's get right to it. This is Kevin Sayer, Dexcom CEO. Really quick note for those of you who are fans of basal storing, this episode is not going to let you down. Hi, I'm Kevin Sayer, the president and CEO of Dexcom. This is Kevin's third visit to the te- to the podcast, which I really appreciate. And uh, he's always really good about making time for us. And uh, they've just had Dexcom's just been out at, at ADA and, and uh, made a bunch of announcements. And I thought this would be a great time to have Kevin on the podcast to uh, kind of talk about them and see what's coming up, find out about some timelines and, and things like that. So um, were you out at ADA, Kevin? We were at ADA. We hosted it here in San Diego this year. So it was kind of our show. Uh, we really enjoyed it and had a, had a big presence here since it's in our hometown. Excellent. Um, so what do you think of... I mean, I feel like you have a lot coming, both hardware and app side. And do you do you feel the same? Is it pretty balanced? There's a lot. There's a lot on the way. There is a ton on the way, uh, Scott. We have probably the most robust product pipeline we've ever had. We announced at ADA the approval of the Android version of our G5 mobile app, which really should open up our G5 system to the phone and the sharing capabilities and everything to a entire new group of patients and make some of those using receivers who want to go to the phone very happy who didn't want to move over to to iOS. Mm -hmm. And that was a major project for us. You know, we had to get a number of phones approved and we have a number more coming. We'll have between 15 and 20 specific Android models approved. And then as new phones come, we'll have to validate and verify each different phone. It's a much more complex approval process than iOS with just iPhones. So that took us a while. We we got that done. We launched that. We have on the hardware side, we have currently with the FDA 
a new insertion system and transmitter profile for the G5 system that they are reviewing. But at the same time, we are running our G6 pivotal study for our next generation system. It will also utilize that new hardware platform, and I can get more to why we're excited about that in a minute. But the G6 sensor is designed for a 10-day useful life versus our seven-day sensor. And most importantly for our patients, a single calibration a day after the initial warm-up calibration. So theoretically, with this product, you'll calibrate it every morning and be on about your way because uh, we would anticipate the same non-adjunctive claim we now have for G5 Mobile, and, and it will be... It's it, it, all indications are this is going to be a spectacular technology on the hardware side and the new insertion system. You know, I've talked to numerous patients over the years who say the scariest thing about Dexcom is putting on that first sensor because our insertion system kind of looks like a syringe and you see a great big needle in there. And even though it doesn't hurt most patients uh, and, and it's relatively easy once you try we felt it was still a problem in the customer experience, and we also want that profile to be thinner of the on-body wearable and take less space. This new insertion system does that. If you peel the tape, you knock off a safety tab, put it on your body, push a button, throw the insertion device away, and you're done. A patient will never see the needle, and according to my research team, literally the needle is in your skin and out in the same amount of time it takes a hummingbird to beat its wings three seconds. Or, or an Air Force jet to I mean, fly three past times, your office. Three times. <laughs> or or, yeah, or, you, you or got, an Air Force jet to fly past your office, maybe? <laughs> oh, yeah. So the needle is in and out within three hummingbird wing flaps, I guess, is what they've told me. And I've used this new applicator with sensors I wear. It's really going to be an upgrade and, and good for our patients. So I, I so wanna, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, those are the biggest near-term things. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I wanted to yeah. go back for a split second, but I don't want to belabor the point at all. I wanted to know now that you got Android kind, you know, out into the world. What ended up being the stumbling block? That is it just the the sheer number of different operating systems? Did you have to get them? Did you did you have to send them all to the FDA at once to save on? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there was. I mean, obviously, it, every company goes through this with Android, but I'm just interested what what ended up being the the issue. Mainly the sheer number of operating systems. Um, we they, we really thought we would go with just a few phones in a discussion with the FDA. They came back and said, you need to broaden this list of phones that you validate and verify the system on. So we had to do a lot more testing with Android uh, to get it there. And so it took a bunch more testing okay. to I, get through. And, and that's fine. Yeah, no, it was just, I was just wondering because, you know, it, be, it was... I mean, I think I've talked to you about that every time that I've spoken. You to have, so, yeah, yeah. And so, every, but this time we're done. So, hallelujah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I want to start with um, app stuff, if 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 I can. So, sure. I, I I know you're not. Can I don't. Well, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm assuming you don't know that. You know, as you you guys are developing new apps over the last year or so, that I'm one of the people who. Your, your developer spoke with and I signed an NDA. So I, it's always a little difficult for me to talk around it because I've seen screens and things like that already. I did not know that, but, but kudos to my people for reaching out to users because it's very easy for a bunch of scientists or a bunch of business people to make what they think looks like a good app with no patient feedback and it never works. Yeah. So I was, that's good. I was tickled one time when he, when they came back to me later and and they said, Hey, we want to get your opinion on how this looks. And, and I actually saw something on the screen that I, that I brought up. I'm sure other people brought it up too, but I felt like 
I felt part of the process and it was, it was, it was genuinely, you know, it was nice. It's something that I look at all day long. So it was really, it was kind of special to be involved. So I guess, um, I'll start with an easy one. You removed the A1C estimate from the Clarity app, but the note says it's coming back soon. Did you have a time frame for coming back? And can you tell me why it got removed? It got removed because the FDA asked us to remove it. Um, they felt there was inconsistencies between actual A1C, finger stick readings, average glucose values, and a number of things. So what we are doing is going through the exercise of validating our A1C calculation with the FDA to show that our estimated A1C calculation follows tried and true formulas that have been accepted by the industry, and it will come back is the at goal, some point is, in time. Is, the, is it at some point in time, or is the goal to have it when the, when the app refreshes or, or just as you know what I don't have a, a time frame and we refresh we refresh clarity very regularly sometimes the changes are very subtle and nobody sees it but it's a speed development shop they'll they, they they try and do multiple launches a year some of which have features that are very relevant some of them would just make it run more efficiently okay so as soon as they can get in a release they'll do it but they will schedule it as we get it through the FDA. It always worked really well for us. I, uh, the way I used it was, well, now the app is so much better. I mean, and more rich, I guess, than it had been in the past. But I used to just use that number to think, like if I'm on target for what I thought I was doing over the last couple. You know, sometimes you're like, I think it's going well over the last three days. And then you think, or, you know, it's, I don't think it's going well. There's Actually, it happens more often like that, where I think that diabetes has kind of got ahead of me for a couple of days. And then I look back and I would see on that app, like, no, you know what? It says I'm, I'm right where I thought I was. So... Okay. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. So we look forward to it getting back. Okay. Uh, what is so when, when the new app comes? Do you have a time frame for the new um, share app? The new share app is under development and it's going to get a refresh. Uh, we're going to make the screens a little uh, a little more user friendly and, and 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 add some other things to them. Yeah. I don't have a release date for that, but I know we're working on it. Uh, in fact, it was interesting. I was up at Apple for the keynote with some of the Apple engineers, and I was talking to them. I said, "So, what would you guys like to see from us?" And the guy said to me, "You need to, you need to, you need to give Share a refresh." I said, "Got it, <laughs> got it. I will take that back to everybody." So they're working on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit you. You don't have to answer. There's nothing to answer then, really. But you know, the, what I heard most from from people in the community was. Um, that, that caregivers would love it to, be, to be able to know that someone took care of something on the other side. So if an alarm went off, that someone could easily tell the people who are watching their their blood sugar, hey, I'm aware of this, and I've you know I've done what I'm supposed to do, like sort of like a handled acknowledgement or something like that. Um, and then you know just more user friendly, unique thresholds like hour, time of day, and being able to change. You know, I you know I don't want it to. I would like it to alarm at one ten at three in the afternoon, but I wish it wouldn't alarm till one thirty at eleven o'clock at night. Like that that sort of stuff. Um, that you know, I I realize you can't really talk about something that's going on in you know in the process. Um, so uh, I, I can't answer ask you too many quick questions about those. Um, no, I, and I've heard all those sure. uh, features being discussed. So I I hopefully we will meet your expectations, and you can take a look at it again. Cool. Um, watch the, the Apple watch without the receiver or the phone on board. I thought that was a really big step. Um, and really kind of excellent. How did you, I mean, I guess as a person who watched the Apple keynote, how do you, how did you forge such a, a, a really wonderful relationship with Apple to where they're, they're 
shouting you out during their keynote. Is that that seems important on a lot of levels. I think it's very important on a lot of fronts. We have great developers here, but a- Apple has been very good to work with. You know, going to iOS and being the first class three medical device on the platform, this required a bunch of co- uh, collaboration. This wasn't just throwing app up on the store. Now they they treat us as other developers, and I and 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 as you know, Apple is very tight-lipped on everything. In fact, I'm not even allowed clearance on a lot of the the, the Apple talks. But our guys, once Apple started to consider having the next Watch iOS, the next Watch iOS uh, system receive direct Bluetooth signal, they did reach out to us, and I'm sure with other developers as well, but. The use of this app this way, I think, just affords users such a tremendous benefit, particularly if you're exercising. You know, you can you can leave your phone home where you're watching go. The other place I see it very useful, and maybe others don't, uh, but I find my Apple Watch very useful while I sleep, believe it or not, because I, I, I use that as my alarm clock. Uh, a silent alarm vibrates on my wrist, doesn't wake my wife. I get out of bed. It, and I think that app is a, you know, is a bedtime thing for people. If they wanted to check their glucose to just look at the wrist without having to look at something on a nightstand, I think it'll be very, very good there. And we've talked to a number of patients who don't want their phone by their bed. They don't want to pick up the phone. They don't want to look at emails. They don't want to respond to text messages. Mm-hmm. Some of those patients use our receiver. Maybe you'll see those patients move to a, a watch-based solution uh, during nighttime as well. But I think it'll be really fun. Yeah. Now, it, 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 what occurred to me first when you, I mean, what you just said made a ton of sense about while you're in bed and you're sleeping. I thought about, believe it or not, the shower, you know, like, because everyone's blood sugar falls while they're taking a shower. It just, it happens uniformly to people. And you, you're not in the shower with your phone, I would imagine. You're not in the shower with your receiver. And, and so there's, that watch is waterproof and, um, and I don't know if they call it waterproof or water resistant, but you can certainly shower with it. And so there it is still. This, have you seen it? Have you seen it work in person? Because there is still a bit of a lag with the app that comes through the phone. Does that disappear with the with the direct Bluetooth connection? I have not seen that work yet. They haven't released uh, the new Watch iOS version. I know our guys have been working with a, a, a beta version of it, and they're working on it. I haven't been granted access to the beta version yet, but I'll probably go ask for it at some point in time. But the time frame on the watch thing will follow. You know, Apple. Once Apple launches the the final Watch iOS, then we will finish all our validation and verification of our app. We'll submit that app to the FDA, and then it'll get approved. So our timing is pretty much contingent upon Apple's final launch. Okay. And so I, I saw that you guys spoke at, at ADA about the t, the uh, the Type Two market a little more, and that a lot of not a lot of, but I guess some of what you're doing with Google is aimed towards the Type Two market. Yes, it is. Uh, when we first met with uh, the Verily and Google team, uh, when this agreement started and when our, our collaboration started, they were very focused on diabetes health in general across the gamut, pre-diabetes, type 2, type 1, everything. And one of the things that, that we realized, and in all candor, I still believe this, our current system isn't configured to be used intermittently by somebody with type 2 diabetes because they really don't want to spend the money on a transmitter that is going to expire in three months if they're only going to wear one sensor a quarter. 
because that market we think will be different. Our Verily products are designed to our, by the electronics as low cost and disposable and, and easy for patients to use. And I think you'll see us develop different types of apps for different types of interfaces with these patients. Some of the work we're, we're doing at Dexcom now is we've run some early phase studies uh, in type 2 patients not taking insulin, putting it on CGM, and let's see what you can learn uh, from wearing a CGM. You know, the typical type 2 patient it gets the disease, and it's many years before complications manifest themselves, and typically they're told, eat less, exercise more, and take your meds. we see you again in six months, and it goes on and on and on. You put a sensor on these patients, and what we're hearing from them, particularly several uh, Medicare-age patients, is, you know, I've never, this is the first coach I've had. This thing has told me what to do. And we can see remarkable drops on the clarity reports and average glucose values with not a whole lot of, of effort. You know, the first week in the sensor and the second week, you see that graph move down dramatically. Then you ask the patient, what did you do? Well, I started taking my meds every day. Realized if I didn't take my meds in the morning and ate breakfast, I was going to go to three or 400. The so other thing we... An awareness we, component then. Really. There's an awareness component to it. There's also an, a, an effectiveness component related to these compounds. Mm. You know... You turn on television and you are bombarded with type 2 diabetes drug commercials. This is a very, very, very big market. There's a whole lot more type 2 patients than there are type 1s. Right. And they consume an enormous amount of, of our healthcare dollars with these new type 2 compounds. The question is, do they work? We have seen in some of our studies that some of the compounds patients take just flat out do nothing for them. But you take metformin first, maybe you add a sulfonylurea. Then we'll add one compound and wait another six months. You, you may have six months of a compound where you spend four to $600 a month that does nothing for a patient, and we never find out. But if in the middle of that process you put that patient on a sensor for a couple of weeks, boy, we can, we can see what's going on with that patient and if that compound is in fact working and doing what it's supposed to do. We think there can be remarkable savings for the healthcare system with the type to use of our product, and also remarkable education for patients and, and, and better outcomes for them so they can know what's going on with their bodies. Yeah, better days. I, you know, it occurs to me, too, if you go to the doctor and he puts you on a new drug and then say, I don't know, that just the visit makes you think more about your, your health and you eat differently, then you could go back in six months having eaten differently and the doctor will think, well, that compound really did work. And you could be taking that for the rest of your life and it, it couldn't maybe not even be effective for you. That, that's right. And, and so, you know, go back to the typical type 2 patient. We do not spend as much on their care in the early phases as we do with type 1 patients who require insulin and, and continue a glucose measurement. But in the later phases of the disease, disease, particularly those who use insulin all the time, it becomes every bit as expensive. So to the extent we can delay those expenditures through better health and through coaching and through better data, potentially different types of apps, again, the low alert for somebody taking metformin really isn't that relevant. It's good for them to see if they go low, but most of them don't go that low. The highs are important but it's not enough necessarily to get somebody out of bed for. So what we're trying to figure out, and when we're doing a lot of human factors work, which is why we're do, doing early studies, is what does this system look like and how do we get the most utility out of it? And we're doing some of that work on our own. Verily is also doing uh, work along those lines. 
you know, and we pull resources and discuss. So I think uh, I, I think there can be some really good outcomes here. It, it's going to take a little time to develop that market, though. Is the um, is the relationship with Google is it helping you on the T1 front too? I mean, are you learning things? Okay, let's take a second. Got to pay the bills. Got to keep the lights on here at the Juice Box Podcast. First, we're going to talk about Omnipod, the world's greatest insulin pump, in my opinion, and definitely the only tubeless one. Oh, I know what you just said. You just got a shudder right down your spine. You felt it. Tubeless insulin pump. You mean no tubing? Scott, there's no uh, thing connected to my belt that controls the whole thing, and then this long tube, sometimes 18, 24 inches long, snaking all through my clothing to this infusion set? Really? There's no tubing with the Omnipod? That's right, friends. Why would I make that up? That would be a silly thing for me to make up because you could check very simply to see if I'm lying or not. You could just go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and say to yourself, uh, that's exactly what the guy said. It's tubeless. It's amazing. And then you know what you do. You just put in a little bit of information like your name and your address. You click on a thing there. Click, click, click like that. And then you're done. Next thing you know, you are the proud owner of a demo pod. Now it's non-working, but it's also absolutely no obligation. So what you've got is a little non-functioning pod, but it's still an exact replica of the pod. You can try it on, see what you think, say, hey, I think Scott is onto something here. With this tubeless insulin pump thing here from Omnipod, I want to find out more. And then you just kind of get back to Omnipod and they probably reach out and check with you. They're like, hey, how's that demo going? You're like, how's it going? It's amazing. Help me get an Omnipod today. And then they do. They just help you. Next thing you know, you're pumping tubelessly just like art myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. I'm telling you, just do it right now. As soon as Kevin and I are done speaking, get on the internet, do it. I mean, do you guys really need me to read the ad for Dexcom after this great episode? I mean, I guess I have to. They did pay for the ad. Uh, All right. I mean, I'm going to do it anyway, but it's only because... I hear you and you're saying, Scott, please, I love the way you read those ads. Please do one more for me. Well, darn it, I'm going to. As most of you may know, my daughter Arden uses the Dexcom G5 mobile continuous glucose monitoring system that tracks her glucose levels throughout the day and night, notifying her of highs and lows so she can take action. But that is not all it does. Dexcom also has a share feature, so Arden can have up to five loved ones, like her mom and I, track her numbers in real time. No matter where Arden is or what she's doing, she always has backup. Now, if that's the kind of peace of mind that seems like something that you'd like to know more about, I think you should go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box or click on the link in your show notes. Please keep in mind, though, CGM-based treatments require finger sticks for calibration, may result in hypoglycemia if calibration not performed or symptoms expectations do not match CGM readings. You can always contact Dexcom toll-free at 877-339-2664 for detailed indications for use and safety information. Okay, let's get back to Kevin. There's a lot more coming. What we are learning is how to go faster. These guys at Google are really bright and they push really hard. And I think these systems that we are making, our first product is really more of an intermittent use disposable system uh, that won't have the cost profile of our, our, you know, our product too in our relationship. So it probably won't replace Dexcom technology as our core product right out of the get-go. But 
it's very remarkable engineering. It's it's very small. It's about a 30, it's probably half the size of your current G5 when all said and done, when you look at the volume of it, of the transmitter and the base of the sensor, it's not very large. And it's, it's a really good system. It'll be very good uh, on, on a number of fronts. There'll be no calibration sensor, 14-day life. Uh, we'll start trials on that later this year and get it filed uh, hopefully early next year and out late in 2018. The sensor, sensor will be based on the Gen 6 sensor, so we've done a lot of the sensor and algorithm work already. I find that really exciting because I, you know I've spoken to people. I don't have type two. I you know nobody in my house does. But you know, just as an example, there was a gentleman at my house working on something three months ago, and and uh, it came up. His diabetes came up, and as he spoke about it, me just knowing my side of diabetes with the type one stuff, he didn't understand in any really way his his type two. He didn't understand about his medications, his diet. There was just nothing about it that. That um that you know he grasped in a way that was going to help him, and I found myself trying to you know kind of point him in the right direction the best I could. But when he left, I was overwhelmed with the feeling. I was like, "Wow, that man is just going to go on like this until this disease just takes him over." Until he has to go on insulin, that's right, and then suddenly there'll be a wake up call. Yeah, and then and and the problem is that when that happens, then the the apathy of time, you know, people, you know, having lived with diabetes their whole life, and, and it just being around for so many generations, and people being accustomed to hearing it. At some point, that man's life's going to be boiled down to, oh, he got the diabetes. And, you, you, you know, and that's what happened to him when it doesn't have to happen like that. So oh, I, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that, too. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So you guys have G6. You're going you're gonna to submit G6 to the FDA? Uh, our goal is by the end of September. Okay. The study is, the study is pretty is. – uh, I'd say 85, 90% done, and, and it is a very large study. Uh, there will be several hundred patients in this study, really, to verify the accuracy and consistency of the system. Okay. And that... we're compl complying with what FDA has asked us, and, and they've asked for a big study, so we're doing one. Cool. And, and what you know from the past, that, does that put G6 in the first half of 2018? Probably, Q, I, I, I'll say Q3 to be conservative, and we'll see. Okay. You, you know, one of the things about our company that's really fascinating and, and the folks hate me for this, but I'll say it anyway. When we get something approved, we have a real hard time waiting three or four months to do a structured launch. When we get something improved, approved, the first thing we want to do is turn on the faucet and go. So we're planning a Q3, uh, like a June to September approval and launch. And if we get it earlier, believe me, I'll push as hard as I can, but we'll just have to see how logistics work. So what are we talking about when this when that magic day comes? First of all, the transmitter is going to be smaller because of the redesign for the auto inserter, and probably because yes. the technology is better. So um, I don't know how to talk about it. I guess I've seen a picture somewhere online. I'm going to try to get a hold of a, a photo to put along with this episode. But it's flatter and flatter. Short, shorter is that fair to say? Yeah, a flatter transmitter and a, and a smaller footprint uh, in general, and the transmitter has less mass to it than the old one. The the on body experience because there's and there's no you know the the rough edges where the clips connect to the transmitter on the current system yeah. all the all the rough edges are gone so it is very smooth so those times when when your clothes would stick to it or whatever those will be pretty much gone uh, and that will be I the wear experience is just much better I I think patients will love it. 
so the carriage itself is redesigned because it's fitting into an inserter now and it doesn't have to be kind of docked to what you described earlier something that looks like a big syringe almost that's right and, it's okay. completely different that's excellent so can i can i pick around a little bit so if i have this so the inserter is hard to describe i guess um I, I, I want to describe it as, um, I don't know how, it, how old it's everybody It's almost is. shaped like a mouse. It's okay. almost shaped like a high-tech mouse is the way right. it looks. You know, or those old track, the track balls that used to be a little higher in the middle, right? Yeah, and, uh, a, a little bit like that. And it is all plastic. It looks very elegant. I would assure uh, patients out there the cost on this thing is actually lower than the current one that looks a little more threatening. We can build it very efficiently. Our biggest user feedback in this has been it looks too good. It should be reused. But a needle goes into your skin and comes out, and it's pretty hard to reuse that needle. But it is, it, yeah, it looks kind of like that. It'll be packaged a little different because it, you won't have the pouches we have now. But it will still look, uh, yeah, I think the mouse thing is a good explanation. I was, I was going to say, if, if you ever saw your grandmom get her pantyhose in those big eggs, imagine if the egg was pliable and you could put it in your hand and shape it to your to your palm like it that's almost how but now i'm wondering if i haven't seen an old photograph and maybe it's different than the first photo that circulated no i think if there are photographs on on websites uh there might even be a photograph on our website in our investor presentation mm -hmm. uh okay. where i would tell you to look because i know i've shown pictures of it in investor presentations before so the whole thing is it's disposable so it's preloaded. so the I never know what, by the way, I know what the transmitter is. I know what the applicator is. I know what the receiver is. What do you call the carriage that, that, um, that, that holds the, the transmitter to your body? We call that, the, we actually call that the base, the sensor base. base. Okay. So the sensor base is preloaded into the inserter. I, I peel off, I'm assuming some paper, stick it on. You, you peel off paper on. on the bottom of the inserter and there is a safety tab on the button on the top. You put, literally put the the stick them on your skin and make sure it's nice and flat break off the safety tab push the button and you're done wow at three three flaps of a hummingbird's wing and i'm three flat you'll never feel the needle and uh, then that the, and that whole thing is then just um recyclable yeah we we will have a recycling program with that to whereby the old ones can be sent in we're getting the recycling program lined up now okay are you thinking is it um is it going to be at a cost, or do you think you'll you'll I, the cost of their cycle? We're working right through now. those logistics uh, right now, Scott. I, I doubt patients are going to want to pay for that, so I, I let, let us give us a little time. Yeah, now I think that happened I, Omnipod when they first did it years ago. It was something like eight dollars for the kit, and then eventually one day it just the the charge just disappeared. And I think yeah. to your point, if you give somebody the uh, the um the idea that they can send it back for free or send it back for eight dollars they go how about i just put this in my recycling can and i'm not going to yeah. care about this anymore right so okay all right well that's amazing first of all um so well i i have to say the auto inserter just i think is a leap because to your point earlier the very first time i did it for arden she was little and it just seemed more industrial or medical or something then you know and like now i don't you're right i don't think anything of it at the at this point she doesn't either but yeah but the first time oh yeah yeah it really does well, my you. experience i'll share this with you i came to work here uh just over six years ago and you know we got to hook you up on a sensor and they 
taught me how to insert it, and I put the first one in, and I wore it for a few days for my week, and I was fine. Then it came time to put in sensor number two, and I'd forgotten everything they'd told me. But being the president of the company, I was too humiliated to ask anybody for help. So I go on YouTube, and I find all the videos of all the patients who tell you how to insert it. And I found some teenager's video that was outstanding. <laughs> I used that and retaught myself. Uh, it, it, patients have such a passion for this and want to help others so much. That, that it is very rewarding to, to see that type of activity uh, out in the community and see how people feel about Dexcom and our product. Well, you're ruining the, uh, the user um, video market because the new video is going to be take the sticky stuff off, push here, push button, done. The whole video is going to be 12 seconds long. And, That's uh, okay. <laughs> and nobody's going to complain. Not at all. That's actually... Um, a listener to the podcast um, contacted me privately and said, you know, listen to the podcast. I went out and I got the, I got the Dexcom like you were talking about, and uh, now it's here on the counter, and I don't have the nerve to do it. And as I, you know, I was on the phone, as I was talking her through it, I realized that all she really needed to hear was, like, don't be frightened. It's okay. You, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a logistical step-by-step thing that had her, at her, you know, frozen in her heart. It was just the, the fear of doing it the first time. And then I ended up just telling her that I, you know, I think that most of the anxiety you feel right now is unnecessary. And then I gave her some like dime store wisdom. I told her that, uh, I told her that worry is a waste of, um, imagination. And, <laughs> and, and, and I was like, you'll be fine. Just do it. And sure enough, 20 minutes later, I get a message. It's all done. Thank you. It was no big deal. You, you know? And I was like, yeah, but still I, I get your point. Um, it is, it can be daunting in the, and especially when you're doing it to somebody else, I imagine too. Oh yeah. Maybe a little worse. Okay, so the, the so the G6 transmitter itself is smaller. You were able to make it smaller because of, I'm assuming, you know, enhancements in technologies. But how's the battery life going to be? Are we going to be on the on the three month? Still? We're going to stay on the three month for now. Uh, first generation will be three month, and 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 we'll stick with that for a while. Uh, but you know, we did not. We have tried not to increase the cost of patients by going from three. From six down to three months, we now ship two transmitters for what uh, payers used to pay for one. We will continue with the three-month life on G6. And, you know, long-term, our goal with the Verily products is to have this thing the size of a Band-Aid and disposable. So you're not replacing the transmitter every time. You have a fully put-together system is what's placed on the patient's body with the sensor just under the skin and the transmitter permanently attached to the sensor. That's where we want to head long-term. We have some other transmitter thoughts uh, that we work on, and we'll just see as technology evolves over time. That's where the Verily collaboration is so interesting. So they ask us lots of questions. Well, could you do this or could you do that? Uh, we've resisted rechargeable transmitters just because we know patients don't like peeling them off their body to recharge them in the middle of a session. And and. And we've tried to keep the economics to whereby the three-month transmitter is cost-effective for patients. The other reason the three-month transmitter is good, in all honesty, Scott, as we start upgrading systems and as we get some of this new technology out, for example, we go to G6, then there's actually a G7 sensor not too far behind it that has different electronics in the transmitter than the current one that'll be uh, also an improvement and more cost-effective. With a three-month transmitter, you don't have somebody who bought something and now I'm stuck with this for a year. Uh, and the three-month transmitter gives us the ability to innovate faster. 
But and I guess you probably you probably felt that when the when the share cradle came out and then you got the 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 um the FDA clearance so quickly oh. for the share receiver and now everybody's holding the stuff they bought five seconds ago, and nobody wants it anymore. And I I joked you know? one time I joked one time with somebody I was talking to from Dexcom I'm like there must be business card holders that look like those share cradles all over the office. But, there are <laughs> there are and in fact. The share cradle was one of my brilliant, one of the things I pushed for personally, because when I first started here, I, I, I would go to investor conferences. This isn't even a patient thing, but I go to investor conferences and they would say, how many patients do you have? How many sensors do they wear? Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I felt we needed an easy way to get data from patients to the cloud and, and, and the, the R&D guys, to their credit, came up with the cradle idea. The problem was getting it through the FDA. So we get the cradle approved like in January and the share direct receiver approved a month later and the cradle's dead. Yeah, it happened so quickly. It was astonishing. And you know what? But to, your, to listen, I'll tell you this. Everybody who, you know, online was like, hey, can you ask this? Can you ask that? First of all, everyone who asked a question also sent along their thanks and their love and everything. But one, one person said to tell you that their son is right now at a sleepaway camp only because of of the show. Oh, that is so great to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it just it just it is really funny that uh, it, I mean, I guess you didn't think it was funny at the time, but it was so quick. It, it was almost like you saw the news and you thought that can't be right no. because they, no. <laughs> they just announced that other thing I got upstairs. And and uh, but nevertheless, okay. So, but you, you you just said something important. So. Because I think the three-month battery is helpful because, like you said, first of all, I mean, I have insurance that covers this stuff. So, I mean, that's, of, of course, a consideration. But I get two with three months in it. Having it be three months, it stays in my mind a little better. So I'm not caught as off guard when it happens. And, and plus, there's another one there. And then I go, okay, and then I, then I order another one. And by the time that one's done, I've got two more have shown up. It's a very, the process has gotten easier for some reason for me. Um, and I have not been caught as short as I've been in the past. And, uh, you know, I just, I think that there's that. And plus then the other part of it is, is if I'm on a three-month transmitter and you guys go to G7 and it's this great upgrade, I'm not waiting what could be a full six months or more, depending on how many how many transmitters I have in a drawer waiting to be used. So No, it's absolutely correct. And, and, you know, as we've upgraded from one generation to the next, we always offer cash upgrade programs to patients who've purchased recently to try to be fair. In all reality, the burden of cost that, that our patients have to deal with, even when they have good insurance, is so significant that the cash upgrades usually don't get taken advantage of by very many people. We do it. And, and we're happy to do it and offer those things to patients. But it, it's hard. You know, I just bought a transmitter. It's hard for me to come up with 200 bucks just to get another one so I get um, the next technology. So I, I think the three-month transmitter does have some real advantages for us. Yeah. Well, you were just saying about the – you were just talking about the sensor wire. So let me ask this. So the new sensor wire is an upgrade in, as a technology too because it is, among other things – uh, n no longer uh, scared of Tylenol. It, 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 the acetaminophen right. doesn't mess with it anymore. And and so that I'm assuming. But what else is different about it? Is it shorter? I, I can't. Remember no, it's a, it's right. the same length, but there's a, there's a new membrane configuration, and the new membranes uh, contain interference uh, interference blocking capabilities. 
And therefore, when you take Tylenol, nothing's going to happen. And we do, as part of our study, have to run several patients on big Tylenol doses to make sure that the CGM works the way it's supposed to be. That's part of the submission. They're not going to just let us prove that on the bench, which is fine. Uh, We can do that. It's just added work and time to the project. The other thing about it is we've learned more about our membrane and wire technology. I would tell you what we've seen in our pre-pivotal studies is the accuracy with one calibration a day is certainly as good as the current version of G5 Mobile with one calibration a day. We see tremendous consistency across all the centers when we do this, and we believe patients will have just a really, really good experience with it. Okay, and and it's now um, so you've you've got you've extended the life of the of the, of the sensor wire too. Is it? Are we going to ten days or fourteen? What's the job? Ten. We're going to ten as our first step. Uh, ten with a single calibration a day, and at least that's what it'll be labeled for. And you and your community know how long you use them. So I I will be labeled at ten, and there is not an automatic shutoff feature on this system. There is. Uh, there are situations where if the sensor is misbehaving and not doing well, the system will say, will notify you this sensor is not good. Uh, you, need to, you need to turn it off. One of the other features with the system, in addition to our, our traditional hard alarms, we have a predictive uh, low alarm uh, that we've designed and put into the system as well. Mm-hmm. And we tried to design this in a manner to whereby you, you don't get alarm fatigue, but it, it it acts on a basis based on how much time you get down. It's going to take you to get down to a certain level, and if you're about to hit a heart alert, it wouldn't go off. Or you know, it, very a lot of thought given to these alarm features that we've put into that. That one in particular, we think will be beneficial to patients because it's more of a predictive type, and really is indicative of what'll probably be to come in algorithms in the future. The more we learn about these sensors, and the more consistent we make them the more things we can do with them to make a patient's life better. So so do I understand right? Is, so at the end of the 10 days, it prompts me to shut it off? No, at the end of 10 days, it's similar to the current system. Okay. Your sensor is expired. And, and, and then there are patients who we all know say, okay, and hit the restart button and go. And well, if anyone wants to stop by my house and borrow a... Um, a, a uh, I, I can't. I have extras. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. So <laughs> I, I don't, uh, and, and, and as we debated and looked at that, we chose to keep the Gen 6 with that same format and let patients that, make that decision. But we do have more bells and whistles on it to detect a sensor that, that, that really isn't performing the way it should be at a certain level of time, and it will, it will turn those off. But that's safe and good for everybody. For sure. I, I think that when I see them finally give up, it's it, usually when it comes out, it's bent, you know, just a little bit, not like at a hard 90, but it's almost like you, something inside of you got a little curved and then it, that seems to be, and then you kind of see it, the membrane wear a little bit and things like that. So it's, so now instead when those things are happening, I don't have to wonder if that happened, but it's going to be a little more, um, it, it'll be a little pre- predictive, I guess. And it'll, it'll tell me that it thinks it's happening. We, we hope so. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, hmm. I want to know about, can the G6 connect to multiple devices simultaneously? Like, can it be connected to the watch and a receiver at the same time? The, the current transmitter in the G6 electronics can be, there. there's two radios in there, so we can connect to two devices at the same time. To give our engineers a tremendous amount of credit, way back in the day when we started the Bluetooth journey, 
uh, they insisted that we have two channels there in the event that, for example, we're connected to an insulin pump and the insulin pump company doesn't have a phone app, the patient could also be connected to our phone app and take advantage of the share features. And we continue to design our transmitters to have dual connection capability of that nature. Well, a little off that path, but one thing that's incredibly helpful, you know, is just the, the code that you can generate from the Clarity app on your phone. Like we now sit down in Arden's endo appointment and the first thing she said, she looks at me and she's like, hey, give me your Dexcom code. And you just, you know, you open the app and you read her this, this, and boom, like that. And she's looking at all the data on her computer. It really is. I mean, it's just such a, like to not think about, I'm going to have to say, honestly, Kevin, I'm not a person who came into endo appointments with a lot of data to begin with, but to not have to think about it beforehand or run around the night before feeling like, oh God, I've dropped the ball. I didn't get any of my, you know, anything together to bring or anything like that. It's really fantastic. And then you can sit there and talk about it together right, right in the appointment. It's, it's really, it's fantastic. So. Um, it's just, you know, kudos to you guys. Uh, well, kudos, you know, I, just FYI, I, we have a software team in Portland uh, that, that does, that, that is responsible for the Clarity app. And they have been very, very diligent uh, in, in getting this to where it needs to be for our patients. So really, I, I typically don't give shout outs on these podcasts, but I need, do need to give one to those guys because they've worked really, really hard uh, to get Clarity where it needs to be. And that was one of my takeaways at ADA. I got a lot of positive feedback on Clarity from people. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, the Clarity app that I just have on my phone, um, Dexcom just upgraded it, and it, I, I don't want to over, I, I don't know the number, but it has about a million more reports on it now than it used to, and it generates them very quickly and at different lengths. You can have it for a couple of days, a month, a week. Like all, It's really valuable. Um, if you don't have that app, I'll put a link in these notes here. If you don't have that app, you really should take a look at it. It's free and it's amazing. So, and then there's a desktop version too. I, to be honest, have never really had to even look at it. And now with the update to the, the mobile app, I'm not hundred percent sure I ever will need it, but, um, it's just really fantastic. So yeah, thank you. To you know, while we're thanking, I have a couple, I have like two more questions, but while we're thanking people, here's something else you probably have no idea about, but about six months ago, you guys started sponsoring the podcast. Um, so you buy an ad on this podcast. I probably won't put one on this because the whole hour is pretty much an ad for Dexcom. But um, but it just it's it really has gone a long way to to help me to get this kind of information out to people. So I am just you know I'm some I'm some little girl's dad who's had a blog for a really long time who added a podcast to it. And at some point, Kevin, my wife does look at me once in a while and ask me if I do things that make money uh, and not just things that help other people. And, uh, okay, and so it's, it's nice I to be able to, to tell her, yes. So I, I have to tell you a story. And then you'll, you'll find I, I love the conversation with your wife. I joined the Dexcom board in 2007. Mm-hmm. And Dexcom board members have always been compensated through equity in the company. So I disappear a couple of days and go down to a Dexcom board meeting. And I'd come home and my wife would say, are we getting paid for this? <laughs> and I would say, trust me, it will all work out. <laughs> so I do know how those conversations and sometimes the payoffs a little, little longer than, than you expect. Now that's a, a, a different case, but I know exactly where you're coming from. I've done yeah. a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, like that. Well, yeah. In, in the, so in the beginning, what we're seeing really with the podcast more than anything is that these conversations, they like, you know, sometimes it's you, 
Uh, and sometimes it's it's just somebody's mom or it's a person who's 25 who has diabetes. It was the other day I, I talked to Eric Pasley or Pasley, um, you know, Derek Feeler, like, you know, there's there's actors sometimes or singers, it's regular people. But in the course of every conversation, everyone says something that ends up being really valuable to someone else. And, and I will tell you that the the feedback to this podcast is amazing. And I'm talking about like, hey, my A1C has gone down one or two points or I'm not afraid of insulin anymore, or, you know, I can't believe I was using the Dexcom like it was just an alarm for when I was going to get low. And we talk about how to like kind of bump and nudge the line around on the receiver and things like that. My daughters, and and here's the really great thing that I'd like to share with you, because I, I genuinely believe that you and Omnipod, by buying ads, it allows me to take this time speaking to people. And it's, it's, it's sort of this this wheel that doesn't end, I'm able to think about diabetes more frequently than normal, which helps my daughter, which gives me ideas about things to talk about on the podcast, which ends up helping other people. And it just sort of keeps rolling along like that. My daughter's A1C at this point, the last time she went to her endo was 5.6. And it hasn't been over 6.2 in almost, I think we're coming up on like three and a half or four years. And, and my goodness, no BS, Kevin, without the Dexcom, I was not very good at this. And so um, it is always my pleasure to talk about it, but it is also, um, I, I just, I don't know if you're aware of just those, those you know, buying those little ads, how, how it keeps all this moving. So I really appreciate it. No, I, I, that's good to hear. And, and look, my team has a definite affinity for your community and, and for your podcast and people who really devote so much of their lives to this cause, because I, I, I just think it would be overwhelming. I have not had a child with diabetes. One of my sons had bone cancer uh, when he was 10. And he's an attorney now doing very well. But I remember those days and I remember feeling completely lost and relying on others for information and having no other thing to do but turn to other people. So the, the service you provide whereby you help people understand what they're getting into is very important. Yeah. Well, I, I genuinely just very, I very much appreciate it. And to your, you know, to your earlier point, I feel like what I heard you say is one day I will be the CEO of Dexcom and or you understand that sometimes my wife points to me and asks why the kitchen's not painted, but the podcast got up on time. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's... Um, yeah, so I have, I have two quick, well, I have one quick question for you and a, and a longer one. I'll, I'll hit you with a quick one first. As always, every time I speak to you, um, all this great stuff we've talked about. When do, when do the people in Canada say it? Are they on the same time frame, or is it, is it a little You know, Canada's on a more of an international time frame for devices. Our biggest developments in Canada is, first of all, we, we have a direct business up there. We've got, we've got a bunch of employees now in Canada. Uh, we feel that community is really important for us over the long haul. Device timing is going to be a little different because it's really more of kind of a combination between FDA and CE mark. And the other thing in Canada that we really are working strongly on is access and reimbursement. And what I would tell you, you know, we've done a lot of innovation on the technology side. A lot of our innovation going forward is going to be getting people access to this technology and getting those who pay the bills comfortable that this is a technology that improves outcomes rather than costs them money. And we're in the middle of that process in Canada right now and meeting with government authorities and, and, and health authorities there. And the process is going very well, but it takes a little bit of time. When it comes, I, I think you'll see us go very quickly to Canada. 
for now, I, th- I, I think they're a little behind. They won't get G6, for example, when we get it in the U.S., but they might get a different version of it that would be a European version not too long after that. So Canada kind of has its own product pipeline schedule that's a cross between what we do in the U.S. and here. I think the important thing for your listeners to note is we've made Canada a priority and our Canadian team, we, we just hired rock stars up there. They are really, really, really good. And I have no doubt they'll drive this business very quickly. So stay tuned for good things up there. Excellent. And you know, I can't believe I forgot to ask you, the, the receiver's being changed, right? It's not going to be the, so it's going to be more touchscreeny looking now? or We have a new receiver coming uh, that is touchscreeny. We have a an extended uh, user trial with a couple hundred of them. Uh, with patients using them now to make sure we understand everything about how it works and how the touch screen works with people. Uh, we did that for a number of reasons, but all uh, in the fall, we'll launch the new receiver. We view the receiver more as a nice to have, Scott, versus as a must have to drive the business. It's not like a Gen 6 where you have a new sensor and new membranes and better healthcare. The, the, the new receiver is much more durable than the old one. Mm-hmm. The touchscreen is nicer, and, and it solves a few of those problems. So we wanted to make sure and take our time and make sure we had the operating system absolutely perfect with that thing. So we are working on it uh, with the user trial now, and we hope to launch it in the fall. Okay. Is it rechargeable? It is rechargeable. All right. So uh, the last thing I want to ask you about is you know your sort of many different relationships you have with pump companies and closed-loop systems. And I know that's a little more their business than it is your business, but is there anything about it that you can, like, you, that you can kind of shed light on as far as, um, you know, I, I, it's hard to imagine. It's such, it feels like it's so close, and yet it feels like it's a very far oh. uh, you know, away prospect. And I was just hoping to just to hear a little uh, bit about it, maybe to keep people excited, to be perfectly honest. No, and, and people should be excited because ultimately there will be uh, hybrid closed-loop systems with our sensor technology. Uh, and pe- people will have access to the best sensors in the world to, to power these things. We have a lot of studies running. Uh, our problem has been commercially, and you've read Jay and Jay's announcement that the diabetes business unit is under evaluation, either to sell it or to restructure or do something. Right. Animus was our furthest along partner for a closed-loop system, and that those efforts have slowed down temporarily while J&J figures out what they're going to do. Uh, there are a bunch of tandem studies being run. Insulet has really hired a great medical director in, in, in Trang Lee to uh, push their artificial pancreas program faster. They've got a new R&D research team actually that's located out here in San Diego that our guys work with. We've partnered with some smaller companies as well. We would like nothing more than to have a strong commercial offering in that world. We've been growing so fast and had so much to do that we focused on what we're good at, and that's making sensors and improving our own technology rather than go do that. And we're hopeful that our partnership strategy will produce what we need. What we really need is one of these other pump companies to latch on to the thing and really go. Uh, You know, the results from some of these studies are very, very good. I think one of the other technologies that, that people should be excited for and I saw a lot of this at ADA, is there are Bluetooth-enabled pens coming. Uh, there are U.S. companies where they have a standalone Bluetooth pen. There's offerings more than likely coming from the pharmaceutical companies. Beckton Dickinson has announced such a product. You know, when you look at the utility of a pump, 
a large portion of the utility is the information you have with insulin on board and bolus calculators and and a record of your insulin uh, dosage. With a Bluetooth-enabled pump, we can have an app that will display sensor data and all those patient interactions with insulin as well. And that may be a solution that is applicable to a number of people. And I, I and I guess in since we're on, on my last question, unless you have one more, I guess that's my other takeaway from ADA. We've looked at this industry for a long time, and, and a lot of people believe the only solution is an artificial pancreas system. And I think that is a wonderful alternative for a lot of people. But in reality, what's going to happen over the next several years is there are going to be better solutions for all sorts of different therapy uh, choices of patients. For those who want to stay on injections, if we can give you a Bluetooth pen that talks to the CGM and gives you the same type of pump information, I think, I mean, the same type of insulin information a pump does, you're going to see a lot of people love that solution. And we can drive very good outcomes as we add decision support software and things like that to all that information. Uh, we're going to have a bunch a bunch of great solutions. I mean, if we're doing this interview in five years, I, I can't imagine what the discussion is going to be. It's going to be really fun. Great. And I was I was talking to Jeffrey Brewer a couple of weeks ago, and and he brought up that the idea of the Bluetooth enabled pens. And I thought, wow, that's just you you take those you take all those users from this guessing game and put them into the same technology world as as everyone else all of a sudden and and oh, yeah. their their outcomes should be should take an amazing leap and and I'm sure they're doing a good job already and it it's just it's another avenue for them to explore it's just so, a, it, and it's just another piece of information that can be relevant in making good decisions yeah absolutely well Kevin I appreciate you always stay on for an hour which I I know is probably not easy for you but I I genuinely appreciate it and, no this is really fun Cool. Well, I can't thank you enough for doing it. And for what everyone's doing there, I know you guys have hired a bunch of new people recently. If you had the ability to, I'd ask you to thank every one of them. But obviously, uh, you guys have made a really big difference in our lives and, and way more people than just me and my family. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Huge thanks to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode. And of course, to Dexcom for sponsoring the Juicebox podcast. It might seem a little weird that one of the sponsors is on as a guest, but Dexcom was a guest long before they were a sponsor. And to be honest, I'm just doing what I do. So uh, actually, there's going to be something coming up in the near future. We're going to do something much like what we did with Kevin today with uh, somebody very high up at Omnipod. So we can talk about upcoming ideas around closed loop systems, the old artificial pancreas, the old tubeless artificial pancreas from Omnipod coming up. And maybe we're going to find out a lot of details about that. Maybe. That's not much of a hint. I mean, it's going to happen. Anyway, what else? Oh, uh, we're going to get back on schedule on Tuesday uh, release dates. So you're getting this episode on Thursday. And there's going to be another one in a couple days on Tuesday. So we're going to get back to that. Not much else going on, I guess. Just visit juiceboxpodcast.com. Uh, Ardensday.com is my type 1 diabetes blog. And if you are not following us already on Facebook, and by us I mean me, and by me I mean the podcast or the blog, please find us on Facebook. There's links in the show notes. Also, when you support the podcast, I um, oh, you touch me pretty deep when you do that. I really appreciate when you guys click on the links for the ads. Uh, it is definitely um, a huge support. If you're enjoying the podcast, and God knows I don't know how you made it this deep into the episode, if you are not, please go to iTunes and leave a positive rating and a review, because that would be really cool. Um, that's pretty much it, other than to say, 
if you know somebody that would enjoy the podcast uh, as much as you are, please share it with them. Podcasts are not easy things to get people to find. So you found it. You're loving it. Help someone else to love it, too. All right. We'll be back real soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Huge thanks to Kevin Sayer for being a three-peat guest on the podcast.